When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. I'm Johnny Venerable, post-July 4th with my good friend, my dear co-host, Bo Brock, live at the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. And uh, what are we, about three weeks away from the start of training camp? Bo, you'll be out there with the fellow media members out in Tempe as the Arizona Cardinals and Jonathan Gannon prep for the 2023 NFL season. Will Kyler Murray be part of that season? We think so. When will he be back? We'll talk about that at nauseum. How will he play during the season when he's back? I think is a big point of contention on the internet, Bull Brock, but we've been of the mindset since day one. Oh, yeah, Kyler Murray, he's good at this football thing, especially when you consider he had Cliff Kingsbury as his head coach. I think that might be one of the main points, right? I mean, as far as what he wasn't given from his offensive play caller uh, during the final season under the Cliff Kingsbury coaching staff. So, you know, we'll look forward to maybe what Kyler Murray could do under a new offensive play caller and Drew Petzing. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, three weeks is our guy Howard Balzer outlined in his latest article. I encourage you to go to to gophnx.com. Check it out. It's about... Buda Baker and what would be a fair deal for Buda Baker. But, you know, all the conversations about Kyler Murray, the, the hype train is getting back on track as far as K1 goes, Johnny. We're going to talk to the author from Pro Football Focus tomorrow uh, mm-hmm. about what he said and why he thinks Kyler's poised to kind of break out again for the cards in 2023 once he gets back on the playing field. But it just seems like all signs are pointing towards that, right? I mean, if, if he's yeah. able to kind of knock the rust off, uh, and if you look at how things kind of transpired at the end of K2's play calling and how it just it, it was it was it was very predictable, wasn't it? I mean, when you start to see the breakdown as it was it was outlined in this article, you know, the Arizona Cardinals basically they were in, in two formations for the bulk of their offensive plays. Seventy percent they were in ten or eleven personnel. And there was very little pre-snap movement. There was yeah. not any moving around of your top players like a DeAndre Hopkins. We all remember the, you know, the route tree that was on display two years ago where it was all on the left side of the, of the playing field. Now, I mean, and it's going to be encouraged from the defensive-minded head coach, but also with Drew Petzing as, as the primary play caller to create kind of conflict, to create unpredictability for that defense. And I think that's only going to play into the hands and, and the abilities of Kyler Murray. Yeah, it's impossible to succeed when you potentially have a liability, a head coach. And that's what we yeah. saw, not only from, you know, and that might be harsh to some with regard to Cliff Kingsbury, but I mean, it was a big sample size over the course of their four years together. The team got progressively worse. And so did Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was not the same player in the second half of seasons because in part, he didn't have a coach to help him adjust. Kyler Murray and company, I mean, goodness, we remember the opener in 2021 against Tennessee. He's got five total touchdowns. He's the MVP frontrunner for about two and a half months, and then he had an injury and then just really wasn't the same player after the fact. And, you know, at the end of the day, the great coaching quarterback tandems, you, you ask to put a figure on it, well, who deserves what in terms of percentage for success? And I always lean quarterback. But at the same time, to have a, to have a head coach, that was fired by his alma mater that had a losing record in the big 12. And then that's, you know, the indictment on Kyler Murray. Well, Kyler can't adjust. Kyler doesn't study. Kyler's undersized. Just like, okay, could we maybe give him the benefit of the doubt that he came in here? His touchdown to interception radio is easily over two to one. His mm-hmm. completion percentage is upper sixties, if not low seventies on, on any given Sunday. And then the more and more people have dove into some of these advanced metrics in the off season. I mean, 
we we love Justin Fields on this podcast for what he represents, but he has not accomplished what Kyler Murray has accomplished from the pocket. Warren Sharp just the other day, top 10 pocket passers in the NFL. If you were to ask a novice football fan on the street, is Kyler Murray a top 10 pocket passer? They'd say, no, of course not. He's probably like yeah. 25. He's 10th overall in the NFL. He wants to maneuver and pick you apart from the pocket. He does not want to be overly reliant on his legs. And it, not only was he overly reliant on his legs, I mean, he was too reliant in general in the Cliff Kingsbury offense. Minimal running game. Pass yeah. protection on most Sundays was was irrelevant, right? And then the receiving core, I mean, let's, he's got Rondell Moore in and out of the lineup. They drafted Andy Isabella. He was a huge bust. Christian Kirk finally pops. They let him leave as a free agent. D-Hop's been injured and suspended for PEDs. I mean, just yeah. one thing after another. It's the, the argument I've always gone back to is he has had to do more with less with this franchise than any young quarterback in recent memory. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, like many quarterbacks, when you put him uh, under pressure, you put him in a predictable situation offensively, and yeah. his like around the league, maybe two quarterbacks uh, can avoid this, but most of them become pedestrian to below average. And I, I think yeah. that Kyler Murray created a crutch for Cliff Kingsbury, obviously created a crutch for the general manager to uh, to kind of make up for where there was holes on the rosters and where there were holes schematically for Cliff yeah. Kingsbury uh, calling plays. I mean, what I think Drew Petzing can do for Kyler Murray is he can take this skill set. He can create some unique looks. I think he can create conflict. He can create unpredictability where the mm -hmm. defense is kind of on its, on its heels and put Kyler Murray in a position to maximize and utilize that skill set instead of just use that skill set to survive like the previous play callers uh, did with Kyler Murray. And, and with that, I think Petsing can get Kyler Murray to return to greatness. I, I really do. I think you set your player up for success through preparation and scheme instead of just relying on that player to make the team successful. Yeah, 100%. And to, to kind of strengthen the case here, uh, there was a, a gentleman on Twitter, Judah Fortgang, put out a couple advanced metrics that we've mm -hmm. got now on the show. Let's start first, uh, producer Emma, if we could, with the QB, I believe it's the quarterback recognition and accuracy for 2022, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody assumed Kyler Murray, terrible 2022. And then you look at this chart here, and where is he? He's in the same chart in terms of recognition and accuracy with Tom Brady, nearing Patrick Mahomes, right? In the same neighborhood of Jared Goff, who had a career year. Was it his best season? Of course not. But like, if you look at some of these lists that are put out, Bo, in terms of quarterback ranking, they have Kyler Murray next to Baker Mayfield, who is terrible. Mm. They have him next to Ryan Tannehill. These guys on the left-hand side of the screen should not be starting quarterbacks, and it's evident. And then you have Kyler Murray. It's like, okay, is he Patrick Mahomes? Is he Justin Herbert? Is he Trevor Lawrence today? No, but just in terms of, and I think the author um, rephrased it, should be a minimum 300 dropbacks, 300 yeah. dropbacks plus this year. And he was average for Kyler Murray's standards, but he was better than most starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, a couple of things stand out to me, Johnny. One, my God, the red rifle, Andy Dalton. How How is he there? I, I mean, I saw him play on Thursday Night Football against the Cardinals and got picked apart. He looked brutal, but he must have played a lot better than just that Thursday night performance. But, you know, Kyler Murray, maybe like when you look a little deeper, it, it, it's not as bad as, as it was, but it was also, it was bad relative to previous performances as far as Kyler Murray goes and, and what we're expected to see from, from number one for the Arizona Cardinals. But then you see all the way on the left of this chart, Jacoby Brissett, who was under, who was, who was in a Drew Petzing type offense, uh, mm -hmm. with Bansky and crew there in Cleveland and Jacoby Brissett, I mean, as far as recognition and accuracy, not where you want to be, right? I mean, no. about as bad as, as one of the worst you can get. So just think about what Kyler Murray, the skill set, the recognition and accuracy, you know, combined with, I think, an offense that's going to be better suited for Kyler Murray at the professional level. I think that that's just, that's going to be a big part of this, right? I mean, absolutely. You, it's, I mean, Brissett. You know, what people called Brissett's best career or season of his career last year where he was like over 2,700 yards and, you know, I think he had about 14 or 15 touchdowns in 11 games. You know, people liked what they saw from Brissett. They thought that he was able to kind of hold that, that Browns offense above water while it waited for Deshaun Watson to come back. Now you're putting a true, like, 
solid quarterback in that offense, that excites me to, to see that, yeah. you know, what was applauded for Brissett and you see like analytically it was not exactly a darling. And then you're going to put somebody with Kyler Murray's skill set who, you know, Colt McCoy called Kyler Murray the most accurate quarterback he's ever seen. And, yeah. you know, for him and his recognition and his ability to uh, make plays, I think that's only going to bode well for for Drew Petzing in his first year as an offensive play caller when K-1 comes back. Yeah, my last point on this one, Bo, Daniel Jones, his best year is not even comparable to Kyler Murray's worst statistical season where he doesn't look like himself. Um, and that was 2022. And that was, by all accounts, a season that went into the toilet around Halloween. Uh, even though Kyler Murray didn't get hurt until early December, they couldn't make adjustments, never felt like the team offensively had their mojo, were behind in a lot of games, and had a receiving core that not one time did they have Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and Hollywood Brown all together in healthy playing, which was unfortunate. So there's 2022. What about when Kyler Murray first entered the year? Where does he compare to his, his peers? So Kyler Murray, 2019, but this goes back to 2017, and look where Kyler Murray is. Kyler Murray in a, in a field... Tom Brady, Drew Brees, yes, the one year of Geno Smith, but with the elites, right? With the elite quarterback prospects and players in this league, this is Ky this is who Kyler Murray is. And that's yeah. why I get so frustrated when people who don't know the game talk about, well, he just runs around, right? He's undersized and he gets hurt and he's just, he's just a little guy that runs around and, and they're predicated on his legs. No, no, no. He's a high percentage completion quarterback when he's right, that throws one of the, if not the best deep ball in the NFL. His deep yeah. ball was broken last year, Bo Brock. Mm -hmm. It has to be fixed. But this is this is what we're going to get from Kyler Murray with a with an offensive coordinator, offensive head coach who failed it in the Big 12 and, and subsequently did not do well in the NFL. Can I you mean, imagine with a competent coaching staff that adjusts as the season progresses and teaches Kyler Murray the, the, the opportunities where he can grow? and be successful, the sky's the limit right now, especially when you look at this kind of thing. We've always known it was there, but mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, this feels like he's got training wheels. He's going mountain biking. That's the that's the uh, the argument I, I keep making on the show. It's just Kyler Murray has been hampered by this franchise and this coaching staff, and he's su succeeded in large part despite them. Yeah, and this is this is a great chart, and I, I believe he even the, the creator of this chart said uh corrected himself it was minimum 800 dropbacks yeah uh, but kyler murray in, in an elite company there i mean you can't yeah. deny that and you know it, it's just can they get him back to where he needs to go and and i think mm -hmm. that it's it's it is something that i think this coaching staff is going to make sure happens i mean what do we remember from monty Austinfort and jonathan gannon's opening press conferences respectively you know they mm -hmm. you know one of their main goals is to get kyler murray back on track to get their franchise quarterback back on track and you look at, at that i mean it's it's just great to to see and it, it's I mean, you see a couple people who are outliers, and you're and and you're kind of like concerned that maybe it might. Obviously, the numbers only tell part of the story, but you know, Kyler from 2019 through 2021 was on a star trajectory, no doubt about yeah. it, and then kind of stalled out a little bit. And and this PFF article, you know, got into where it went wrong and and where it can go right under Petsing and, and JG, and and this this has to be just fuel for Cardinals fans of excitement, right? I mean, this is this is exactly what you, what you want to see. Emma, can we see this chart real quick? There was one more point I wanted to make. Uh, when, when you look at these, uh, maybe the point was, I wish I'd shown this to myself in, in high school when I was kind of scoffing at my TI-83 and what am I going to learn about <laughs> using this dumb calculator? And now I wish I paid more attention. This is, uh, this is some good stuff. If, if you were rating and in... in kind of ranking quarterbacks based off that with your TI-83, I would have been more engaged in, in, in class. You weren't spelling boobs upside down with your calculator <laughs> like the rest of us, Bo Brock. Uh, I think this is encouraging double time because this doesn't include the rushing metrics, which have to yeah. play a part in it. Like you can't, Kyler Murray at some point is going to get back to running the football, but it's you're running the football with purpose. You're not running the football because pass protection breaks down. Goodness, you remember week 17, two years ago when a playoff spots on the line or three years ago and, and Cliff Kingsbury is having him do QB keeps when he's hampered. And it's like third down midfield against the Rams. Like that's the kind of garbage that's out by the wayside. Also, I want to, you guys are crushing it in the chat, by the way, yeah. I want to get some of these comments here. Uh, Coney in the chat, five ten quarterback 
Throwing to a 5'9 wide receiver makes no sense. Kime was a disaster. Give him big targets, 100%. And I feel like, I mean, Drew Petzing indirectly is going to help that because I don't know if this was on purpose or not. I knew Petzing was Gannon's guy from the jump, whether he was in Houston or Arizona. Drew Petzing's offense does not operate with small receivers. And we've said that by and large. So if you're a small receiver, like a Greg Dorch, who does multiple things well, he plays bigger than his size. He also returns punts. Hollywood Brown is in a contract year. That's why we've speculated. Got to have a big year or he's not going to be around. But then all these other receivers, Zach Pascal, Michael Wilson, they're big guys, right? That's why Rondell Moore, uh, you know, he's going to get opportunities. But could this potentially be his last year in the NFL or excuse me, with the Arizona Cardinals? So I think if your name's Trey McBride or Michael Wilson, especially, you're going to get targets early and often in this offense. In large part, yes, you can play and you can separate, but also your size is a difference maker. And that Cleveland no. offense we saw last year did not sport one singular target, wide receiver or tight end under six foot. And again, you would think as, you know, novice, you know, uh, viewers of, of this franchise just sitting there on your couch, like, why are they taking small players <laughs> with a small quarterback and putting them out there and running, right. you know, horizontal screens and, right. and go right? It just didn't make any sense. And I think people who do not follow this team consistently enough are 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 very uneducated as mm -hmm. it relates to what Kyler Murray had to deal with. And Kyler will never come out and say, "Well, this is a detriment to us by going small." But you know, he's he's thinking it, right? I mean, coincidentally, like who's one of their most effective players? It's James Conner. He's over six foot. He's powerful. You, we've always made the argument on this show. You have to pair Kyler Murray with a big physical presence at running back because he can't mm -hmm. under center, at least up until this point, get a QB sneak, right? It's just something that they haven't been able to utilize. They need to take that same approach, Bo Brock, in large effects to the receiving core. Kyler Murray is effective throwing the football from the pocket, but he can scramble around. He's got a magician's S type of way he plays football. Everything else needs to complement his, now, no pun intended, his shortcomings, right? He's smaller. Right. So let's get big people to help Kyler Murray. And it just it goes to show, as Coney mentions in the chat, like the GM just had no idea how to put Kyler Murray in a position to succeed. No, no, not, not at all. Like he had no ability. He gave him, you know, the the the, the crayons and, and the coloring book, but couldn't correctly tell him how to, you know, color between the lines. Right. I mean, it was yeah. just. It was they were they were always playing some sort of, of jazz with this offense, but it was as predictable as possible. Like it, they they tried to they they thought that they had something that was innovative, but it wasn't. And and the league caught up like real quickly, Easily. right? And Easily. and they never they never played that game of chess. They never played. They never adjusted. They never made the proper adjustments. And it was like like I mentioned with the formations that they outlined in the PFF articles, like ten and eleven personnel for nearly 70% of the formations, 91% of it in the shotgun, very little motion. It's just like, okay, well, like if you had this, this concept, if you had this offensive concept that was, that you thought was groundbreaking and, and innovative, then like that would, it would just completely befuddle opposing defenses, but it wasn't, it was, it was simple stuff that they were trying to do and trying to pawn it off of, is this air raid was like the next wave of NFL offenses. And it was just like the NFL defenses were like, ah, we know exactly how to defend this. Yeah. And I, the point I have tried to make for a while, and I know you're not the biggest Antoine Wesley fan. And I think it is less about Wesley and more about Kyler Murray. Wesley was really effective with Kyler Murray when he was healthy down that stretch in 2021. Right. They beat Dallas. He had two touchdowns. He had a bunch of targets, right? I mean, Christian Kirk disappeared. Christian Kirk, five, ten and a half, right? Mm -hmm. Antoine Wesley. And then if you go back to Kyler's rookie year, they had a journeyman kick return or punt returner named Farrell Cooper, who's over six foot, I believe, who was really effective in the slot for them. I just feel like the the further they got Kyler Murray down into his career, the, the more years that went by, the less size they gave him. And it was a mm -hmm. huge detriment. Can you imagine Kyler Murray? Throwing at people my height. I mean, Rondo Moore is my height. We interviewed him at the Super Bowl week. We're the same, we're the same size. Think yeah. about the defensive line that the Cardinals play against, the size now at linebacker and safety and corner. And that's what you're attempting to do. No wonder they they didn't ever go off a shotgun because you had to give Kyler Murray a chance to see and read the field from 
shotgun, I, I meant to say mm -hmm. under center earlier, to be able to decipher where exactly is Rondell Moore down there? Where is Greg Dorch? I have right. to be able to find these players. And so it's it's about as frustrating as, as it gets, especially when you consider the fact that he's coming off an injury, right? And he can't yeah. immediately come out and defend himself. But I, I will always support the narrative. And again, we never root for injuries. Injuries are awful. I want Kyler Murray to come back as soon as possible. If Kyler Murray plays the rest of the 2022 season, Bo, and I put this question before to you off air. I mean, does Cliff Kingsbury keep his job? Because do they do they beat Atlanta? Do they probably. beat the Patriots? I mean, Cliff Kingsbury's probably retained. They probably win. They probably six, beat Tampa. Yeah. I mean, I think they're, they're, they probably they win probably six, seven games. Way. Yeah. That would have been the worst thing for this organization because, you know, they, they would have continued to to kind of been in this this are, are we going to be like time probably goes away. It seemed like he was already Mediocre, away from the purgatory. Right. Yeah. But Vance would have been back. Cliff yeah. would have been back. They Adrian but Wilson purgatory would have been brutal. It, it would have been yeah. brutal. And, and for, for them to be able to hit the reset, it was a blessing in disguise. You know, you look at the metrics here, like Kyler Murray, when, when things were, when, when things were in place, right. And, and it was few and far between, where a Cliff Kingsbury design play worked out. And obviously a mm -hmm. lot played as far as who was available on the offensive line. Like they had one offensive lineman starter that that was play, that was available the entire season. It was Calvin Beecham. But like clean pockets, you know, standard dropbacks, early downs. Kyler Murray thrived in those spots. Like yeah. throwing from the pocket, as you mentioned, Warren Shop identified him as a top 10 pocket passer. I don't think anybody would have. If you were doing a list, if you were doing a quiz of the top 10 pocket passers, I don't think anybody guesses Kyler Murray. And then you look at the kind of unstable grade metrics in this PFF article. It's like under pressure, outside the pocket, uh, you know, play action, money downs, third and fourth downs. Like that's where he struggled, right? And that's where I think Cliff Kingsbury uh, failed to set his quarterback up for success. Yeah. No. I mean, just it always felt like Cliff and Kyler were were not on the same page. I mean, we saw that come to blows on that Thursday night game, and we knew that you know Cam Turner was the quarterback coach, kind of was used as a buffer. The two were not communicating regularly. There yeah. was that big ESPN piece that they they didn't talk all that much. Kyler's people, whether or not you believe it, were, were pushing for for a change. And I mean. You, you could come out and say, well, Cliff and Kyler have accomplished the same amount in the NFL, and that's very little. But yeah. I, I would just I would argue the fact that like Cliff Kingsbury had opportunities to win at the collegiate level, was unable to do so. Kyler Murray at the collegiate level won a Heisman Trophy and, and was, a, was an All-American, was the first yeah. pick in the draft. And somebody's comment earlier, I, I, I apologize, I forget who it was, that Kyler, if Kyler Murray is made available and he's healthy, uh, contract or not, which I think his contract's going to be dated here pretty soon in terms of the financials. When I saw Danny Dimes once $47 million a year, uh, I think it was Han shot first said that at least 20 teams would be interested. I agree with that. Uh, especially when you consider like there are going to be teams that aren't going to get Caleb Williams or Drake may that needed a quarterback this year that struck out this year. And if they don't get one of these top prospects, if Kyler Murray's available and he's in his yeah. mid to late twenties, tons of teams are going to be interested. And it really, it's just going to come down to what does this season look like for him and the Cardinals and, We've argued it for, for weeks, and it's going to be one of the biggest tipping points of this season. When and how are you able to bring Kyler Murray back? What does the team look like? If this team struggles out of the gate and looks, I don't want to say lifeless, but let's say maybe talentless at positions that are integral to a quarterback having success, what yeah. do you do, right? If this receiving core falls off a cliff, what do you do? If James Conner is hurt and you're missing two starters in the offensive line, it's going to be very interesting. I you and I differ. I, I think there's opportunities maybe for them to hold back Kyler Murray, but you're of the mindset, you know, when K one's ready to play, he's going to play regardless of how the roster looks. Yeah. But obviously they're, they're going to be super cautious as far as bringing him along because yeah. the, the stakes they're high, right? Especially when you don't have a lot of margin for error, uh, you know, salary cap wise. I mean, it, it, even though they're going to have a ton of money to spend next off season, they want by making some pretty easy layup moves with this roster. And as far as veterans who are making a lot of money, uh, you still, you still don't want to have a bunch of money tied up into a guy that might not be available because you start, you, you threw him out there way too early, but you know, like the partnership between Kyler and Cliff Kingsbury, it's like reminiscent of a couple that finds a place they like to eat. And it's not, 
you know, and, and the one spouse is just like, oh, well, we like Cheesecake Factory. Let's just go there. They're just, he's, he's just not original. And they just go to Cheesecake Factory every time. You know, there's way better places to go, way better places, not to, to knock the Cheesecake Factory, but it's like, oh, how dare you? Cliff Kingsbury was unoriginal, as unoriginal as they came. Like he, he found something that they worked, that, that they worked and that both of them liked, right? And he just, he beat that dead horse. And the NFL, they were like, hey, this, this horse is dead. And he's like, well, I'm going to continue to beat it because that's all I know. All I know is this air raid and, and this scheme. And it's just, it's been, it's been gone for a long time. So uh, not to kill everybody with, with an analogies, but I, I just think it, it was bad. The, the NFL, their, their website, NFL.com, they did an exercise where they did a redraft of the entire league. So they took all 32 teams and they put them uh, in order from how they finished last year. And they yep. drafted players. And Kyler Murray was 31st overall in the entire draft. Like, so they think he's at least, you know, obviously position is key there. And quarterback's the most important position in all of sports. He's 14th overall, our 14th best quarterback. Uh, they had him just behind Russell Wilson, which I'll, I'll go to my grave and saying that's incorrect. But, that's, you know, yeah. say he's 13th. I mean, that's, that, that's still a lot of confidence in Kyler Murray, even from a, a national publication like the NFL.com that still believe yeah. in him. Also, that list is trash. You're not taking position players outside of your quarterback. Like probably if, not. if you're, if you're a competent, I might, I might take Justin Jefferson over a quarterback. I love Justin Jefferson. Like who, who's throwing him the football and people not, like, if he doesn't have Kirk cousins, yeah. if he's got Desmond Ritter playing quarterback for him, you're not going to, you're going to have 800 yards, Justin. So that, that, that I'm glad to see Kyler was 13th off a bad year, which tells you his trajectory is, is was 14th. 10th. I mean, 14th. Um, yeah. They had him. Yeah. Russell Wilson went thirty. I don't know. Maybe Russell did. Sierra write the column. Maybe I didn't check well, to see I, who dude, wrote it. There's a there's a movement right now, and it's, it's gross. It makes me want to puke every time <laughs> I see it. But like everybody's like, well, Sean Payton's back. Let's right. do it. Russell lost ten pounds. So like, if Sean Payton was here, people would be slobbering all over Kyler Murray. Uh, they would not be. I by the way, uh, Cheesecake Factory. They have these. Uh, bomb avocado egg rolls check them out um you know what else has good apps uh it's our <laughs> friends at bet mgm at uh, the great lawn at state farm stadium they're nachos last time i was at bet mgm uh i got a big plate of nachos um uh, were like shareable nachos and i just uh -huh. sat at a table and i ate them by myself sad uh, and other phnx personalities were around and i did not in invite them to eat with me um they were like a cross and i was just i just went to work because that's Selfish. what i do at mgm really i, I go mm. to I, I go to work <laughs> On the nachos. Have you ever had their nachos? Yeah, you've shared your nachos with me before. I know I had left. I know in this this certain situation I had left. So I hope that if I was there, you would have shared your nachos. I didn't know why you were in such a selfish mood and you I, were just gonna be a disgruntled PHNX employee just in the corner eating nachos all lonely. I was really hungry. And then yeah. also the previous instance I had shared it with you and Derek. Uh, and my son, which I, if he had been there this time, I wouldn't have shared with him. And I'm like, I want all of these for myself. And so like Saul Bookman, Espo are right next to me. I'm like, mm, no, nope, these are mine. Uh, and that's how I operate at BetMGM. Uh, they, you can make it yours too with the BetMGM Sportsbook app, by the way. I mean, we're going to be out there Friday night, uh, the Cornhole League. Don't miss it, but don't miss it this fall. I mean, can you get a better place to watch Cardinal games than from the BetMGM Sportsbook at the State Farm Stadium lawn. Hello, yourself, myself, Bo Brock. We're all going to be hanging out there. Open invite every single football Sunday. Come hang with us. And in the meantime, check out the BetMGM Bonus Players app right now. Right now, all you got to do is log into the app every Friday for the next three weeks. Claim it, right? So you got one coming up here on Friday. Claim it, and you got 72 hours to use it. But if you don't use it, you lose it. If you haven't signed up yet with the BetMGM Sportsbook app, what are you doing? Use that bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live for our peeps in Arizona. In particular, place your first bet offer. Receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you lose with BetMGM. Again, PHNX is the bonus code you want to use. And BetMGM is where you want to be this fall with myself, Bo Brock, the entire PHNX Cardinals crew. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to my guy, Shane Diefenbach, talk about it in the disclaimer. 
To claim our 21 plus to wager, visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Hope everybody had a good 4th of July. It was kind of, uh, obviously we went to Circle K, got some of my favorite Four Peaks beer, got some Kilt Lifter, having some friends and family over at the house. And uh, Kilt Lifter always does well. Always the Wow Wheat does great. Um, But at least Four Peaks was closed down for the 3rd and the 4th. So there was kind of a void in my soul for them mm-hmm. being closed and, and they're open, they're back open today. So everything's all well and good. And then yep. you have to be following them along on, on Instagram at four peaks brew, because I just saw they're doing a Christmas in July event and the menu for their Christmas in July in July goes absolutely nuts. Uh, so they've got a mushroom goat cheese puff pastry. They've oh, got man. pretzel cheese ball, lollipops, cream trees, crab phyllo bites. Uh, how about a butter? Uh, poach lobster tail for the first course. They've got a second course garlic parmesan polenta, and then third this. course. And they're pairing this with all their beer. Like you got to check this out for yourself. What they've got going on Christmas in July event. Uh, you can sign up through the link in their bio only on their Instagram at Four Peaks Brew. Also check them out on Twitter. You can sign up for all different contests. You can win yourself some tickets to some Diamondbacks games, and you can go check out some great sporting events. Go check out the All Star Game in the next week or so. At Four Peaks, great place to take in that game. Enjoy the beer. Enjoy the great food. Don't miss out on any of it. Make sure you're following along on all your socials. And when you're drinking that beer, you got to be 21, and you also have to do it responsibly. One of my favorite memories uh, shared with Bill Brock at Four Peaks is when we hosted our draft show. And at the conclusion of the first round, uh, he had food delivered to set, and then I subsequently ate it um, <laughs> for myself. That was a good time. It was you a really did. good time. I was like, somebody puts four peaks, anything in front of me, I'm going yeah. to annihilate it. It's going to yeah, be I mine. I don't know why you just thought that was yours for the taking. I mean, it was on my <laughs> side of the table, right? And you just, and you came, I don't know, you came back and you just started just housing my rap. We had a guy on the show who was just slamming beers. He was. And, and so I was like, okay, I have a hot minute to eat. Cause I had been asking you to eat during the broadcast and yeah. you said, we're not going to cross that line. Other shows on this network cross that line regularly. Like I'm talking yeah. on a weekly basis. That man to my right will not allow me to eat food while we do this podcast. I don't want to compromise the integrity of this broadcast because I'm sitting here, I'm stuffing my face while people are tuning <laughs> in to, to hear about the latest on the Cardinals, but I'm, I'm chomping on my fries. We just watched Monty Austin for do a master class, and I thought I deserved a little a little savory Four Peaks app, but no, Bo Brock did not. I was like a pageant that. mom. I was like, "Don't touch that food, Johnny." He shut me out of eating on air, just like the Cardinals were shut out from the top twenty-five, under twenty-five list. Um, we knew this this tough off season for the Cardinals and and lists, and while we're bullish. On some of the young talent, Bo Brock, for the Arizona Cardinals, one of the most trendy lists every year is rising stars, right? Who do people around the NFL, around the national media outlets peg as the next tier of great players, right? K-1's been on this list many, many times. Buda Baker's been on this list. I would love to see Arizona Cardinals a part of many lists like this. Top 25 players under 25 in the NFL. I believe it's from NFL.com. There are a big goose egg. Zero Cardinals on this list. Do you fault them? Do you think somebody was shut out that shouldn't be? Or is this about where this franchise is at the moment? Can I tell you what hurts more than the Cardinals getting shut out? No. When I what? just look at this list, Tristan Wirfs, CD Lamb. Don't. Creed Humphrey. Is Isaiah Simmons. Hello. No, Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons. Oh, okay. Well. No Zayvon Collins. Mm. No uh, no Rondell Moore. Oh, okay. What about, um, let's see here, Robert Kimdichie on that list by chance? No, no Robert Kimdichie. Okay, what about? I, it's it's Trevor Lawrence, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall at the running back spots, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase at the wide receiver spot, mm. uh, Pat Fryermuth at tight end, CD, as I mentioned, Wirfs, Andrew Thomas, Trey Smith, 
Elijah Vera Tucker, Creed Humphrey. A lot of these players could have been Cardinals, yeah. That, those three, I mean, those three hurt the most, don't they? The, the Werfs and the CD and Creed Humphrey because they were all well, on the could, fan base's radar. And Steve Kime said, ah, I know better. Guess what? You are dumb you know? fans. You aren't smart. <laughs> My name's Steve Kime, and I take only tw- tweener linebackers. Right. Um, but, I mean, when we start to look at this roster, right, and, and who could maybe emerge as a all under 25 candidate, I, I think it, it you have to start with the youngest member of the Arizona Cardinals in B.J. Ujulari, 21 years old. Uh, if anybody's going to have a really good shot at it because of the opportunity in the pass rush, although he's not signed, I think he could be somebody easily finds his way on this list next year. I'm going to make a prediction right now. Uh the next player that cracks, cracks this list for the Arizona Cardinals is going to be named Trey McBride. I'm putting I'm putting a, a hundy down. I'll bet everybody <laughs> here, Trey McBride, it, by default, because I think he's going to have so many flipping targets this year, and he was so poorly utilized last year. Pat, Pat Fryermuth is fine, right? Trey McBride, I think, is a better level of receiver, and I think Trey McBride is going to pull up put up good tight end numbers this year. I'm talking like, 500 plus yards and a good amount of tight ends and targets in the red zone. Trey McBride will be on this list next year. Book it, book it now. I would say with you, one of these outside linebackers, but I don't, I don't know who's going to win one of those jobs. So I, yeah. I feel about like Zach Ertz is out. It's, it's Trey McBride season. Who does Colt McCoy love? He loves the tight end. He fed Zach Ertz when he was healthy last year. Drew Petzine loved David Njoku last year. If Trey McBride starts all 17 games, book it right now, 600 plus yards, and he'll be on this list next year. Yeah, I mean he he'll he'll take over Pat Fryermuth, right? I mean that yeah. that seems like it's it's easy easy to take over. Paris Johnson Jr. obviously, uh, 22 years old, uh, and, and then you mentioned that pass rush. Cameron Thomas is 23. Can he take advantage of it? I, I'm with Maybe. you, McBride or die. Uh, Garrett Williams, depending on how how quickly he can come back from his ACL, he's only 22. And then, like, Michael Wilson's 23 years old. And it, it's such a stacked position, I think, wide receiver. Yeah, Even tough. if Michael Wilson emerges and has, like, a good year, like, these, they're, they're guys that are putting up, like, 1,400 yards. They're, they're, you know. It's not, and it's, he's a third, third rounder. Like, I'm not putting that expect. Like, my expectation, you're right, is, like, BJ's a high second rounder. Yeah. If you're if you're hitting, you should be on lists like this. Paris Johnson Jr. in two years ought to be on this list. Like two years, NFL sample size going yeah. into his third year, we should be talking about ascending, Pro Bowls, contract extensions, right? I don't guys who were drafted third, fourth, fifth round, especially Michael Wilson at the end of the third, like I'm not putting those expectations on them yet. Yeah, and that's fair. Uh Rondell Moore's only 23. Uh also why would you wide say receiver that? position? Tough, tough to crack. Uh, I got some dark horses. I think okay. uh, Owen Papo at twenty-two could be somebody, depending on what type of playing. Like I think, could you imagine? Because he's Can twenty-two, I, I know, right? Yeah. If if he maybe going into his year twenty-four uh, year, like by then he's getting starting reps and he's he's a freak athletically. That would be huge for this organization. Where was Owen Papo drafted, Bo Brock? Fifth round. Could you imagine for this franchise that I love <laughs> in their sorry-ass ways taking 20 effing first-round inside linebackers, they, none of them get new contracts, none of them make these lists, they're changing right. positions. Think about it. Hassan Reddick, he's an outside pass rusher now, was drafted on the inside. Zayvon Collins is rushing the pass rush. Isaiah Simmons is a safety. Dion Buchanan played safety. None of these guys got new contracts. Owen Papo, a, a fifth rounder, plays linebacker, comes in the NFL, stays at linebacker, makes a list like this. That will be one of the best and saddest things I've ever seen as a Cardinal fan. It, I mean, it, and the, I, I'll applaud it. I'll be excited for Owen because that means he's producing, but that would be so on brand for this franchise. So the 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 off-ball linebacker that they have on this list is Nick Bolton from Kansas City Chiefs. Not exactly like a household name. Racked up total um, tackles last year, like 180. You know when Nick Bolton was drafted, everybody? Does everybody know when that took place? 2021. He was a second-round pick. He went behind Zayvon Collins. This fr- this franchise, man. They just... Zayvon Collins, you know what Nick Bolton looked like that first year in Kansas City? Not to interrupt you, Bo Brock. He looked like ass. He was terrible. 
Kansas City chief players wanted him off the field. He wasn't good. Yeah. Their defense, which was supporting an offense with Patrick Mahomes, right? They were in a championship window, just like the Cardinals were 9-0 and or 8-1 and or whatever. But unlike Vance Joseph, their defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo, who's won Super Bowls, said, no, 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 Nick Bolton, play through your rookie mistakes. You will get, get this. You're going to get better. And now he's really good. And the Cardinals, they're like, mm, Zayvon Collins after week one, 10% of the snaps. Isaiah Simmons after week one, you're benched. That that the, This franchise, that's why like I, I dog on Isaiah Simmons. It's the one reason we should get on board with Kyler Murray, among others. They have been so mismanaged at, at, from their coaching standpoint. These coaches have done such a detriment to these young players' talents. And then you look around the NFL and you see these other – like, would, do you think CeeDee Lamb or Tristan Wurst would have succeeded with the Cardinals? Do you think they would have had the same kind of success they're having right now? Creed, hum Creed Humphreys probably be a backup to, to somebody <laughs> if he came to Arizona when Cliff Kingsbury right. and Vance Joseph were here. Right. They they put uh, Rodney Hudson his squeaky knee ahead of him. Yeah. And then he get no, injured. You, know, you wouldn't gonna, see any consistent Creed Humphrey play. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Why isn't Zavin on our list? Why why wouldn't he make it? He's 24 years old. So he's going to be 25 the next time the under 25 list comes out. Zavin Collins is changing positions during his rookie contract, which we hope works out, but will also make it very difficult for this team to be able to evaluate. Do we pick up his fifth year option? Do we sign him to an extension? That's, that's the Steve Kime special. You're, you're paying the tab on Steve Kime for the, for the, for the last couple of years and, and for the next what, 12 to 18 months. That's why yeah. if you're going to go young, go with these, these guys that are 23 or below. Because they've yeah. got a real shot to pop. No doubt. I mean, th th that's one thing that is going to be so important about this this next draft is to infuse this roster because it's not as young as you as you would think in a as they start this rebuild. And there's there's not a, a, as much talent as you'd like at this point. I mean, that's why you know there's a, very little faith in this organization right now to to get this on the on track within the next couple of years. Well, I think. There's faith in the the new people, but they have to see it come to fruition, right? Yeah. And it, we're we're at square one of the rebuild. The rebuild started in February, yeah. And we're five months in, so you know that that's you got to take your lumps right now. Like we all know what this is with Zach Ertz and James Conner and some of these veterans. You guys are keeping a seat warm for some of these younger players, and we're going to keep you around. We're going to hope that you can help us win football games, but. Those guys and their huge salaries over the age of 30 or right at 30, they're not part of the future of this team. And that's why I just I love the mindset like these rookies go get go grab spots. I don't care about mm -hmm. who's who's already here. Right. Uh 499 super chat topic 64 saying Clayton Toon will be our Brock Purdy. I think it will happen. Seeing a lot of people that that like that. Clayton Toon 24 years old. Played a long time in college. Yeah. Uh not a, not a young rookie by any means. So, you know, his opportunity to make the all under 25 team, is, it's already passed him. But can he be a contributor to this team this year? You know, I, I'm, I'm still, you know, a little hesitant to say he'll be out there week one. I think we're going to see Clayton Tune in the preseason. I, I know, look, it would be fun if, if he just if he like made the case, that would be unbelievable. Yeah. But I just I think that is I mean, even when you see guys that had a lot of college experience that that were drafted a couple rounds even ahead of Clayton Tune. They struggle at the NFL level. Like it's 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 something that is is overlooked far too often. Like how tough it is to play the quarterback position in the NFL and to make the transition from amateur to to pro. Well, you've made the argument on this show before. Um, we this kind of insight you don't get anywhere else is like sometimes they have closed practice, right? Yeah, and you can't necessarily report like same day on stuff. And you've told us. And our viewers before, like Colt McCoy, when he's out there ripping it alongside Jeff Driscoll and David Blau and Clayton Toon, like he he looks like the best quarterback, does he not? McCoy versus the other guys? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but, uh, yes, absolutely. And you don't even need to report from the, the closed portion of practice to, to see that. Yeah. yeah. But he looks, you see the skill set, like you the see the size, you see the arm strength, you see the athleticism return. It's all there, but like it's 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 all in shorts so far like we're gonna really need to see like and, he, and he's had he had i know at least one week where 
it was it it seemed like he was a bit overmatched at this level. So I mean, and that's what you're gonna get, right? With a fifth round pick, you're gonna go. It's gonna be a bit uneven. It's, you're gonna have your ups and downs. And then he made, but he made the adjustments, right? Where he was making mistakes the previous week, it seemed like he he made the proper adjustments to the next week, which is all you can ask for from a rookie. Well, and to your point, like Colt McCoy is what he is now. Like this is this is who you're getting, and yeah. we've seen Colt McCoy the last two years. Whereas tune to topic 64's point has a chance to get better. Hopefully he gets better over the course of training camp and in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see him out there. I, I'm, I'm all for that chaos, but um, yeah, all signs point to them going to Colt McCoy unless tune forces their hand. How about hot yeah. shot first Collins gets seven sacks this season. His fifth year option gets picked up. Maybe I, I would say if he's an all every down player and it depends on when you're getting those seven sacks, Bo and I've talked about it. Like, Let's say Zavin starts as a starter, slow adjustment, September, October, playing a new position, has a bunch of success, has a bunch of success and has a bunch of sacks November, December, and you're trending in that direction. I could see that, but it really just is going to be predicated on what is what do those statistics look like over 17 games? Yeah, for sure. And, and to get back to kind of the 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 tune as far as Clayton tune goes, I mean when we bring in the conversation, Brock Purdy, like Brock Purdy didn't start until late in the NFL season. Like he had the ability to go out there, uh, maybe run uh, as far as scout team or get reps, you know, mental reps, just watching film with the entire quarterback room and go through the process of being an NFL quarterback to where, you know, it's all well and good that Clayton Toon did that for five years at Houston. Right. And he's got that experience. And he's probably closer than a lot of other quarterbacks, but it's it's invaluable as far as the experience of just preparing without the pressure of starting week in and week out. And you know you want to at least give the young man that luxury instead of saying, "Hey, we're just going to throw you the flames right out of the gates." Here's Chase Young. Here's Deron Payne. Uh, I just don't know if that's the best idea. Here's here's uh, sweat just running down your neck at the you know right right from the jump. That that's a rough idea. Here's a good one. Boston Ford bird gang got off work early, sipping a kilt lifter. Love that. Watching the best podcasts on YouTube. Thank you so much, Boston Ford. God bless America. Uh, we appreciate you and, and everybody on here. I hope everybody had a great 4th of July. I did because I stocked up for all the festivities with my amenities from Circle K. We're so excited to be partnering with our friends at Circle K. I had to say bon voyage to my Circle K, my local one in Maricopa. I have since upgraded. I have many, many that I dabble in here in the East Valley. You should too. Stock up coffee, beer, snack selection, premium gas at not a premium price. That's Circle K. I got iced coffee there just the other day. It was like $1.75. As uh, our guy Boston Ford mentioned, you can pick up four packs or excuse me, uh, 12 packs of Four Peaks beer. They have other kinds of beer, sub 10 bucks. I mean, right now it is triple digits hard here in the valley 110 115 you want to make sure you're hydrating how about a great way to hydrate and join exclusive club at the same time text phnx to 31310 join the circle k sms subscriber club and they're going to hook you up you buy one 32 ounce polar pop bam you're getting the other one full free that's text phnx to 31310 and join the sms exclusive subscriber club so many discounts, so many deals to help save you money with our friends at Circle K. Don't know where a Circle K is? Head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find the nearest to you. Yesterday, hanging out in the sun on our 4th of July, making a big impact. Saving my eyes were my premium polarized Shady Rays, and Shady Rays is making an impact beyond that. They're actually uh, building play sex sets for pediatric cancer patients, providing young adults with awesome. MS Outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in our community. They got this new store location out there up north Scottsdale area in the Kierland Commons. Go check it out. They've got a brick and mortar store. You can go check out all their great sunglasses right there. You don't have to just kind of shop online and see how they fit. I was shocked when I first got my first pair of Shady Rays, just the quality of these and how solid, rock solid and beautiful these frames are. And Johnny was as well. Producer Emma loves or Shady Rays as well. You'll love yours. Check them out. ShadyRays.com or check them out in Kierland Commons up there in Scottsdale. You you won't regret it and take advantage of the best deal of the season, the summer season, 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself what 
250,000 people have rated five stars. Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use that promo code PHNX and get that deal exclusive to just our viewers and our listeners of the podcast. PHNX, 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. ShadyRays.com. Topic 64, another super chat. Thank you so much, my friend. $4.99. If Buda Baker leaves, Jalen Thompson and Isaiah Simmons would have to hold it down. Can they do it? I think they can. Um, I don't, I think there's a better chance Buda Baker's around than Isaiah Simmons, frankly. Uh, Buda Baker got his option picked up. And, yeah. you know, depending on who you talk to, could get some more money coming his way before training camp. Uh, you know, Jalen Thompson's contract is is modest and he's gonna need to play well to be able to see that through. But Isaiah Simmons is, I think, in the final year with 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 the Arizona Cardinals. And there could be scenarios in which Buddha misses a game or Jalen misses a game and Isaiah Simmons would need to start. I think he would be fine. But mm-hmm. I we've teased the idea of, well, Buddha's going to hold out. He's not going to be around. And then Isaiah Simmons is going to play the starting safety role next to Jalen Thompson. I, I I don't know how viable that is. I, I think no. I think Buddha, you know, is, is going to play football for this team this year and next year. Yeah, I mean, something would have to go drastically wrong with the relationship between the Cardinals and Buda Baker. I know what's reported, yeah. what's been requested, uh, but we haven't seen anything that resembles a, a disgruntled employee, right? I mean, right. he continues to prepare for this season like it's going to be his best, right? He's he's in mm-hmm. the best shape of his life, uh, and he, he's ready to come back, and he said that much, right? I mean, good morning football. We talked about this on Monday's episode. He was telling yeah. His agent was telling Mike Garofolo that he expects to be at training camp. Now, in what capacity is it going to be the same as mini camp? But it, yeah. it seems like it, there is a path to reconciliation. And as far as things going drastically wrong would be if this team comes out of the gate flat and Buda Baker is, you know, they don't find some sort of resolution with his his deal and what he deems fair. And I highly encourage you to check out, you know, Howard Balzer's latest at gophnx.com to kind of break down what that might look like. But yeah. I, I just think that there's there's more a more likelihood that Buda Baker and the organization that traded up to draft him in what 2017 uh, mm-hmm. that they'll figure things out than the likelihood that he's going to be dealt by the trade deadline or beyond you know 2023 uh be remiss saw this earlier in the chat want to get to it now our guy victor celebrating a birthday today that's fantastic happy birthday, uh, happy birthday victor. victor one of our uh, loyal viewers listeners happy birthday uh enjoy it enjoy it it's my birthday slamming some peaks tonight absolutely get out there eight street have some of that garlic cheese beer bread maybe some of those chicken rolls to start uh, start out Fantastic. with maybe a light beer. This is what, yeah, I mean, really just have the light beer, right? The wow wheat. And then you get into your entree, get that, uh, the Italian beef beer bread, right? The roll that Johnny stole from me and, yes. and, and get it with the four peaks style French fries and then have like a kilt lifter and then have dessert and get that bourbon aged beer that they have there, which is, is the perfect complement to any dessert you get. Um, I, I got a birthday present for you, my man, Victor, but it's going to come, I think, let's count my months here, 10 months late. Yeah. Um, and it's from the Midwest. I got it for you. I wrapped it and everything. You don't have Prime? Um, Are you just, you're not, you're not buying Amazon Prime? No, no, no. It's all, it's a pre, <laughs> I've got a pre-order for Victor's birthday. Um, and it's in Buckeye Nation. It's on layaway it's, at the Walmart certain, in uh, yeah. Maricopa. No, this this it's, this is first class, my friend. This is choice. This this item is worth more than anything in my home. It's a six four freak show wide receiver who has no flaws, according to Matt Miller on Twitter, NFL Draft Scout, who once said the Cardinals were going to trade up or take Jimmy Clausen. So I, that be that of his, it, what it's made. Get ready for a, a full calendar year of this, friends. This, according to Matt Miller on Twitter. Uh, the Arizona card, or excuse me, let me pull it up here because I thought we had. I got it. I you only read. It. Okay, you got it. Yeah, go ahead. This is via NFL Draft Scott on Twitter. Matt Miller works for ESPN yeah. now. Quote: Chatting with, uh, chatting this morning with an NFL scouting friend, his preseason grade on Ohio State wide receiver Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. is a perfect score. Quote: No weaknesses. Might be the best player in the class. He said. Close quote. Hmm, is that good? Might be the best. I think the only other player that would be the best is a certain quarterback out West at USC. Generational. Generational right. in the same – this is a player that a lot of people think could be – could be. he's a superior prospect than Jamar Chase. 
He's, I don't know if he's going to, I don't think it's fair to say he's going to be a superior NFL player. He is in the same class as a wide receiver prospect to guys like Megatron, to Larry Fitzgerald, to AJ Green, Julio Jones. And most of the time, those those top receivers pan out. You'll, occasionally, you'll get a Justin Blackman type of, of prospect or Sammy mm-hmm. Watkins that doesn't fulfill that. But th- this is a player that is I as close to as a can't-miss prospect, pending injury, and then off the field. You don't know what kind of person he is. I, by all accounts, seems like a good guy. I mean, it's just, it feels like it's destined for this player to be wearing red and white. So, Victor, oh, I, I got it on a pre-order for you. It's it's coming next next spring uh, around April. I hope you can wait that long. Oh man, I can't. I, by the way, I mean, delayed gratification with that one, uh, but it, it's worth the wait, no doubt about it. And it just yep. this is becoming. I mean, it's obviously already a new obsession. If you follow mm-hmm. Johnny on Twitter, you see that he's. I mean, it's almost on a weekly basis. I have an issue. Uh, yeah, you're putting out Marvin Harrison Jr. videos, highlights. But like I'm watching an unhealthy amount of highlights, and and you're you're kind of enabling that a little bit. But it's almost sure. like to an embarrassing level to where I'll be on my phone watching, and my wife's like, "What are you watching?" And I'm like, "Why don't you like? What's the matter? What I'm watching? I'm watching yeah, more Marvin Harrison Jr. highlights. Why don't you leave don't me alone?" To me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm on the hub. Okay, it's like that. I'll even say that in place because it's so embarrassing because I'm watching so many highlights of Marvin Harrison Jr. just boss cornerback after cornerback in the Big Ten. But he's a, he's different. Like, all those guys you mentioned, like, the, that seem, obviously, in hindsight, that were can't miss, like Calvin Johnson Jr., like, the system he played in Georgia Tech, there were questions, like, would it, could he translate to the NFL level? Jamar Chase was, like, he's built like a running back. He was in, like, obviously, this, this one of the greatest – NCAA offenses of all time and Justin Jefferson was like he he was he was kind of they used that against him he fell down into the 20s in the draft like there there I can't remember a wide receiver with this much hype going into you know likely his final collegiate season uh so we we've talked about it previously we we're not sure we like this show is part Cardinals and then part Marvin Harrison Jr until yeah. further notice we've we've talked about how is Marvin Harrison junior six, four, when his dad was under six feet, I've even right. gone so much to, to, is his mom, a professional athlete of some kind, was she a track and field star? So we're still working on that piece. Um, but his dad, his dad was right at five eleven. He's a hall of famer for the Indianapolis Colts. One of the most surgical route runners of his time, obviously played with Peyton Manning, but, um, you watch some of his highlights. I, I think we're going to see a season this year in the big 10, I like the Big Ten. It's a fine conference. There is not a corner in that conference, including those that play on his team, that are going to be able to handle him. I think we're going to get a historic season from Marvin, assuming he plays every game. And that's going to be a big thing. It's like if Ohio State falls off, falls out of favor, no C.J. Stroud, not playing for a national championship at some point, Mm -hmm. how soon does Marvin pull a Jamar Chase, if at all? He's not known to do that, but he did get injured in in the Georgia semifinal game last year. I think if he plays every game next year, we're we're talking about a guy who could approach 2,000 yards receiving because it's not just the touchdowns because I love Fitz at Pittsburgh, right? But Fitz's prototypical speed was right around, what, 4-5? I think he ran a 4-5 at the combine. And Quam, you know, uh, ran a 4-7-1. Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. right now is, I believe, sub 4-4, as people have timed with sub 4-4. And then he has that Moss Fitzgerald-esque ability to go up and take the football. That is that is dangerous, and I think that that could lend itself to a historic season statistically. I mean, you're going to be able to turn on college football this fall, and Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be putting up you know 220 against Iowa with like five touchdowns, and then you'll be able to watch college football in the evening. And Caleb Williams is going to be destroying. God, God love. I love our Arizona schools here. It's just not going to be pretty when they play USC and Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. and he could be hanging 50 points on them. So it's just. Both of them could be could be red and white next year. I hope not. I hope Kyler Murray's the quarterback of this team, but Cardinals have just have two major aces in in the hole, and and it could lead to gen. We're talking generational, not good. Not we'll see how kind of season he is. We've talked about it before. The environment in which these players play in, I believe, makes it bust proof. Not for the NFL, but for their draft status. I, I do not see outside of an off the field concern any scenario in which Marvin Harrison, Caleb Williams don't go into next off season 
one, two, two, one atop everybody's big board. That will be it. That will be cemented. With all due respect to Drake May, it's going to be those two guys, nine, 99 grades, and then everybody else. Right. I mean, it would take, you know, and it happens every collegiate season, like prospects yeah. emerge out of nowhere. I think, you know, Joe Burrow, people knew him that he transferred from Ohio State and that he was decent, but they had no idea going into it that he was going to have one of the greatest right. quarterback seasons ever, right? So those always come, but like it's just going to add on top of these th that duo, right? They're just going to be they can they it's going to be tough conversation to crack. It really is, but uh, to know at this point, you know that that you've got two generational type talents at, at positions that. You know, one you could pivot to, and, and another that you would need that, that fits what the Arizona Cardinals want from the wideout position, size and athletic. Well, I mean, he, he's everything that you want, right? Yeah. So it just makes it that much easier. I, I was trying to look up while you were talking about his mom. Like, there, there's really nothing on on Marvin no. Harrison Jr.'s mom. She keeps a low profile, so I don't know. I don't know where he gets his height. It, it part, it's part of the intrigue. Uh, Jalen Blair, this popular sentiment. I want Marvin Harrison Jr. more than I want Caleb Williams. I think that's because yeah. if, if the Cardinals don't get Caleb Williams, then Kyler Murray's working out, uh, meaning like on the field. He's he's working out with Drew Petsy and Jonathan Gannon, and the Cardinals are better than people think. Um, also, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. goes to any team and starts and is immediate plug and play. Like Caleb Williams, while we love him, and he's a he's a, a prospect in the same realm as Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence. Like there were there are teams that would would not take Caleb Williams on it. Like they have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, the aforementioned Trevor Lawrence. Like Marvin Harrison Jr. fits on every team. He's either mm -hmm. the number one or number two receiver on every team in the NFL. He'd go to Cincinnati and he'd be better than T. Higgins tomorrow. He he would go and play alongside Jeff, Justin Jefferson and the Cardinals. Even if I, I love Michael, let's say Michael Wilson pops this year. Hollywood Brown gets an extension. If they're still in a position to take Marvin Harrison Jr., guess what? They're taking Mar Marvin Harrison Jr. I like this. Uh, was it Goblin? Because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to start sending Marvin Harrison random real estate ads for Austin nice. houses and AZ. I know of one, right? One that's uh, yes. It's in PV that's available. That uh, uh yeah. That was. Did you see, Gannon bought a place in PV. Who did? Gannon bought one, not quite as elaborate as as uh, Cliffs, but Gannon. I think Gannon. I saw it's public information. Yeah, it's like seven mil, just some chump change. For oh, is that it? Coach. Yeah. What's the mortgage Cliffs on man. that look like? I don't know. He's a family <laughs> man, though. There's kids running around there. It's more, you know, Cliffs plays. Was it Paradise Valley or was it Scottsdale? I maybe they got the publication got it wrong. I read Paradise Valley. Maybe it's on the border, Paradise Valley and Scottsdale. As Bo looks that up now, but. Can you just I, for people who don't live here to live in Paradise Valley, to be single and to live in that house that Cliff Kingsbury had all granted, he was never there during the day, according oh, to you're right. PB. Yeah. $10 million so, Paradise Valley house. Now, yeah, so I was even I was cutting. What was what did, does Cliff's house sell yet? Or do you even put it up? I don't even think you put it up yet. Is he, is he is he renting it out? Is the Airbnb in it? <laughs> I don't know, man. Could you imagine if we could pull our money together, not at just the two of us, but as a PHNX group, as a staff, and get yeah. one night there and then do a show from there? Would that uh, be it would be unreal. It would be the it'd greatest be thing we've ever done. I would be Kevin Garnett after winning the finals, like anything is possible, right there where he did the the draft pick, the infamous pick. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would be. I'm sure. He's got a place in Southern California on the cheap. He's getting paid yeah. he's, every two weeks. He's getting paid by the Cardinals, isn't he? I mean, this this That's USC nice. job doesn't deter that. Yeah, he's probably got like a one bedroom condo next to USC's practice field <laughs> with his the, giant lion painting. Yeah. Hey guys, I brought this from home. You guys want to see the painting? Uh, I'm a Leo. I, <laughs> I don't think you can get that uh, Leo lion painting from our friends at Foco, but they got damn near everything else. Foco leading manufacturer. Sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparels, accessories, toys like my J.J. Watt bobblehead, love me some toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. If you think outside the box, quality sports merchandise, think our friends at FOCO. Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for summer fun with the Diamondbacks. And they're big supporters of Arizona sports. Uh, they do some of the most 
authentic, original Arizona Cardinal stuff you will ever find. It's it's hard to go on some of these major retail shops and find good Redbird stuff, but Foco's got you covered. They got the best gear around. All you got to do, visit Foco, www.foco.com. Use that promo code PHNX, and you're going to get all pre-sale, non-pre-sale items, 10% off. So that's Foco.com, promo code PHNX. Anything that's not on sale, immediate 10% off, thanks to PHNX. Yeah, and uh, you can also, if you sign up to become a diehard, you can get some money towards some delicious Illegal Pete's. Already getting the orders from uh, the family as far as what they want from Illegal Pete's. Going to hit up uh, their mill location, get some takeout, get some of their delicious burritos. They've got some bowls. They've got salads, nachos, tacos, of course. Don't miss out on all the delicious food that Illegal Pete's has, of course. They've got multiple value locations Happy hour from three to eight, which is elite, irresistible drinks, mouthwatering food that will make uh, that will fill all your heart's desires. Of course, custom cocktails, beers, full bar there, and that piping hot case. So kick off your week on the right foot with their margarita Monday at Illegal Pete's exclusive Arizona locations. Three dollar margs all day, all Monday, and then of course Taco Tuesday. I know it's a cliche Taco Tuesday, but they actually do it right. $2 tacos all day on Tuesdays. Yep. Enjoy your favorite chicken, pork, veggie tacos for just 2 bucks. So swing by, start your week off on the right foot with Illegal Pete's. Good question here uh, in the chat. If we get uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., do you think the media all of a sudden likes Kyler Murray? I think so, I because I think people want to see Marvin Harrison Jr. do well. And if it's with K1, then they're going to be excited about that partnership just like in 2020. When they had DeAndre Hopkins and everybody suddenly opened their eyes to how good Kyler Murray could be with a number one receiver. Um, I think people are, if Kyler Murray pops with this regime, like we opened the show with Bo, pe people will come back quickly because you know what? Everybody loves, not that he needs this. Everybody loves a comeback. Everybody loves a redemption story. And then I think a lot of people would be willing to admit if they haven't already, that a lot of Kyler Murray's struggles were because of his, the prior regime, Kime and, and Kingsbury specifically. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, if he comes back and he resembles Kyler Murray more like year three than year four, and he's doing yeah. it with Hollywood Brown as his number one receiver, and he's elevating the games of Rondell Moore and Michael Wilson and Trey McBride, and, and he's doing it with this roster that, you know, all NFL evaluators have said isn't up to par. Uh, yeah. I don't think that you can deny that. So, yeah, Kyler Murray would be back in the good graces, I think, of the national media, no doubt about it. And coupling him with Marvin Harrison Jr., there would be some sort of like hype like there was when they coupled him with DeAndre Hopkins uh, back in 2020. Uh, I want to remind everybody, as Bo mentioned, check out gophnx.com. Our guy Howard Balzer has the latest with regard to Buda Baker. Should he be asking for more money? What should that money look like? All that and more. Slam the promo code Howard, H-O. W-A-R-D, become a diehard. Time to pick up some PHNX gear just ahead of the 2023 NFL season. Bo Brock, the classic black and white tee. I'm rocking my Hollywood Hills t-shirt with my PHNX lid. You can cop any of these full free, becoming a diehard for every single year. You're going to have one. How about that? That was our last year t-shirt. We got some fun ones down the pipeline. Do we not, Bo Brock? Absolutely. We already have the uh, the Bird Gang Till I Die t-shirt up at the phnxlocker.com. You should get get one of those. It's a white tee. I know we got a lot of black tees, so we can get, you know, you can kind of get some uh, different colors in your collection. I know we got uh, some cool, the Slim Valley Reaper. You can check that one out as well. It was at PHNX Suns, support the Suns with all the hype surrounding that team. Uh, phnxlocker.com. Also, that's where you can sign up to be a diehard uh, you're, you're not going to want to miss out on any of the coverage, any of the content, any of the merchandise going into this season. Uh, so become a diehard and get on board with the PHNX crew. We love it. We love to see that. We love to see all of you like this video, share it around as we gear up. We're just less than what, four weeks away, three and a half weeks away yeah. from the start. Arizona Cardinals rookies invest alike report July 25th for the 2023 training camp. And then myself, the man to my right, we go hard in the paint throughout the duration of the season and beyond. In the meantime, like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe. We just crossed 14,000 followers on PHNX Sports. Follow us, PHNX underscore Cardinals on Twitter. He's at Bo Brock. I'm at Johnny Venerable. We're back on a Thursday. Peace.